In June of 2019, we covered the story of Dylan Groves, an alleged survivor of... Alleged? Uncle's... Alleged? Alleged. You said alleged. Did I? I thought I said yeah. alleged. No. Right. Try again. <clears throat> In June of 2019, we covered the story of Dylan Groves, an alleged survivor of Uncle Sam's snuff factory. It turns out this is the episode we get the most correspondence about, in that every two weeks or so, someone will find a video of it on YouTube and comment on it. Tonight... Or today, depending on when you're listening to it. We provide you with some of that colour. Yes, the intolerant Texan writes... Self-described communist and socialist. I need not listen to any more. He, I'm assuming you say he, uh, is referring to only one of us, though. Did he actually listen to the podcast? I think not. Now, one chip-chap states... Haven't even listened yet, but by the first few minutes, my guess is these guys are dismissing it. So... Hasn't listened, yet is listening. What is this one chip-chap? A cat in a box with a radioactive isotope? I don't know. Should we check? No. Now, Kit Driscoll writes... You guys shouldn't speak to things you have no clue about. Or do you? You sound like you're deliberately attempting to discredit these atrocities while making profit off of it. Oh yes, we're really rolling about in that snuff-do. Bought my second luxury yacht with that snuff-do. Snuff-do. Yes, Alexei Paquin comments. I watched this girl's videos years ago. It's so important to have intelligent people like you talking about this. It makes it more than a story and brings more credibility to this. I um, don't think she listened to the episode. Oh, she listened. Now, Truth is Key had the following to say. Do people really listen to these guys? They spend a lot of time talking about nothing. Get to the damn point. There's a cannibal restaurant in California. You get to meet your meat before you eat them. Look it up. We've both been to Milliways. Don't you worry. And finally, Cat D writes, You two have no idea what you're talking about. Not a freaking clue. Finally, a comment we can agree with. Roll the theme. Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Addison and Dr. M. Dentith. Hello and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. I am Josh Addison, they are Dr. M. Dentith. We are sitting here in a, in a chilly Auckland. Is that brandy? Was it delivered to you by a St. Bernard with a cask no, around its head? it's the standard whiskey. Yeah. It's not really suitable for the for the chilly conditions we have here in no, Auckland. No, but it, it's, it's got a port cask finish. I don't know it's, what that means. Well, it tastes like a, a shipping dock. You know, oh. It tastes of cables and oil and steel trenchons and dock workers. You know, it's just a, it's, it's full of dock worker goodness. That's pretty much what I've always thought of whiskey. Um, yes, coming to you from Auckland, New Zealand, the night after the blood moon. Dun dun. Actually, we've got a bottle. We do have a dun dun dun. <laughs> but unfortunately, I'm both your I'm hands up. are busy. Whereas you get yourself lick it up for for what's to come, I suppose. I was so sure you were going to say get lick it up for Christmas, but no. 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 Um, yes. Yeah, so this week we're we're going back. We're going back to an old topic, um, and the reason we're going back is kind kind of out of morbid curiosity, really. I think because it it's a topic that it kind of turns out we're the only people talking about, apart from those who actually believe in it. Yes, yeah, so we covered Uncle Snam's... Uncle Snam's? Uh, uh, Uncle Snam's... How I'm much of that have you yeah. drunk already? 
About one drop. Well, obviously it's a drop too many. So we covered Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory back in June of 2019. That's episode 224 mm -hmm. for those of you who are managing to keep count. And if you are, you've got the numbers wrong because our numbering system is not correct in any way, shape or form. Mm. And we have, as the intro intimated, got correspondence about this from time to time. Mm. And we think that every single person, apart from Dylan Groves, who is aware of this theory, has been in contact with the podcast to tell us that we're morons. Mm. And the reason we think that is because basically, yeah, if you if you go looking for information on Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory, apart from the videos of the person who first talked about it, we're, we're, we're pretty much all there is. And that doesn't seem right, because we're nobody. And this is actually kind of weird from my perspective, because... We actually might be drawing attention to a conspiracy theory which is unwarranted and the kind of thing that probably doesn't need to be disseminated. But at the same time, it's also a very good example of a particular kind of conspiracy theory. And I guess we also want the attention. I guess we do. From the eight or so to people honest, who know yeah. about this topic. Mm, mm. So um, before we actually get too far into it, should we play the play the proper chime, and then we, that way it, it, it signals that we're starting the episode properly. It's true stop because we and are the bush. we are professionals, mm. and professionals have chimes like Just this like one this here. One. Snuff dough. Mm. Yes, no, I can feel it now. It's official. We're properly talking about the topic instead of just pissing about. Yes, we're um, no longer talking around the topic, no. apart from... I mean, we talking are about right this, this yeah, exact yeah. moment. That's what we're doing. But so we are, the topic... We are entering the topic now. Yes, the topic is Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory. And not Uncle Snam's no, Snuff Factory. that's a different one. Or Uncle Snam's Snuff Factory, which is... Actually, I can't really make... Mm. I can't really remove the N. No. Suff? Uncle Snam's Suff Factory. Sure. Now, although we are being quite flippant about it to begin with, uh, that's mostly due to, I think, the, the conversation that's gone on around it. The topic itself uh, makes for some fairly grim reading or listening in this particular case. Uh, we'll get into, the, we'll get into the, um, the exact details of it, a, a bit of a recap, I suppose, for those who went around for the first time uh, shortly. But, but there is a lot of new data. There, well, there is, yep. There's more to say. Um, but, yeah... It, the, the, the weird thing is, if you go to Google and type in Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory, that seven of the first ten results, when I did it, were this podcast or links to it. Uh, there, was, there was what I assume was the original Reddit thread that first got you onto the topic. There was one guy who mentioned it on a in a comment on one of his Instagram pictures. Which I should point out, it wasn't the Reddit thread that got me into it, it was an email. Ah. Someone emailed me about it. Right. And now I no longer have that email, but I was emailed about this. So there was one other person who thought they should draw it to our attention. That person believed the theory, so it wasn't a fan of the show going, oh, you people should talk about this. Mm. This was someone who wanted to spread the word about the theory. Possibly to the wrong people. Possibly. A little like the time that David Icke's PR person got in contact saying, you deal with conspiracy theories. Want to promote David Icke's show? In case of sure, if we can get him on it. Mm. And so since it seems like we're the only people actually looking into this in any great detail, um, on a podcast anyway, I guess, uh, we should do it some more. 
and see what happens. But first we should talk about the Internet Movie Database. We should, yeah, because when I googled Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory, the first hit was, I, I think, a link to the podcast on one of the various podcasting services. And then I think it was either the second or the third was a link to that, uh, a re-entry for that episode on the IMDb, Internet Movie Database. And I thought, well, that's Movie database. I thought that, I mean, they do everything these days, I think. I thought that's a bit odd. I, I guess, does does the IMDb, I mean, because, you know, we put our podcast up on, on Podbean, the site where it's hosted, and then it immediately shows up on iTunes and Stitcher and all that, because everybody just yeah, cause, I mean, scrapes everybody skits, else's feeds. Yeah, syndicated, and, they're scraping yeah. going on. But you think it's something slightly more than that. And so I assumed that, oh, I guess IMDb does the same thing. Um, and I, but I went along and had a look anyway. And sure enough, has has all of our episodes there, um, and which could just be from a robot scraping our feed. That could be easily done. But then I looked at the cast page, and um, it lists the two of us. Um, it lists everyone we've ever had as a guest and what they do. It lists my children with the title of Josh's Children. Um, in fact, it lists, I think, everyone who's ever been on this episode except Drew. Oh, mm. now that's It's been a long time since we had Drew on, but still, we have had him more than once. It's and so that, that seemed to be the sort of information that you could only get from actually listening through each podcast episode. And apparently not liking Drew. Mm. Because, I mean, as you point out, every single person aside from Drew. All of the academics with their titles and what they were doing here. David Icke, obviously. And, and yeah, so, so that, that either they've got some really good AI that actually scans through the whole episode. And At is which able to point out we have to details. work out what is it about Drew's life? He's able mm. to escape the system. Is this an enemy of the state situation, Drew? Are you, are you doing a Will Smith? Do you have a blender? Uh, or a very dedicated person. Who doesn't like Drew. Who, who is unknown to us is going through the IMD. I put in the name of a couple of other local podcasts and they didn't seem to have an entry. So possibly we have a dedicated fan who's keeping our IMDB entry, which they created up to date in meticulous detail. And I suspect we will know whether that's the case if within the next week or so, Drew suddenly appears in the cast notes. Mm, yes, we'll Ooh. have to see. Oh, the story gets more and more intriguing anyway, as time goes by. Enough about us. Enough about, and indeed, most of the comments that talk about the previous episode start by saying, why do these guys go on about so much rubbish before they start to... And the answer is, because this is a podcast. Have you never listened to any podcast? It always starts with the hosts rabbiting on about bollocks before they actually get into the... Especially, especially. when the podcast hosts are in their 40s mm. and have a long-standing friendship and thus use this as an excuse to spend time together because of their very, very busy lives. So Although, busy. Actually, my life is, isn't really that particularly busy now, though it's going to get very busy mm. very soon, mm. but more well, on that in a later episode. Anyway, so to, to the topic at hand, Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory. How, sorry, how many times have we, have we said to the topic of hand this episode? Not enough, because we're going to keep saying it. Um, Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory is uh, a... a, a story, I guess you could say, promoted by a person on YouTube currently going by the name of Dylan Groves. Who's an alleged survivor of a child snuff ring in Killeen, Texas, called Uncle Sam Snuff Factory. Yes, a government-run facility 
where in which children are abducted or in some cases are raised in, I think, and then uh, murdered and mutilated in all sorts of horrific ways um, and filmed for the purpose of your depraved satanic pedophile types. Yes, uh, well, now not... we'll get into the details as to exactly how the system works later on. Now, last time we talked about it, we talked mostly about the theory around Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory. What we didn't talk about was the township that the factory is said to be located in, which is in Killeen, Texas, which is very close to Fort Hood, which is a major military installation. Mm. Now, this now, time around... I don't think that Groves actually identified Fort Hood as the location of Uncle Sam's snuff factory, did they? I don't. I don't think they did. But but people immediately set off killing Texas Fort Hood. That's the one yes, nearby. Because so it as, was identified. as we're about to find out, there's a lot of oddities around. There's a around lot going on in Fort, Fort Hood and Killing Texas. Yes. Which actually, in retrospect, may make sense of some of the theory, mm. given just how weird Killing Texas turns out to be. So we'll start with with something rather mundane, which was a family saw a UFO in Clean Texas back in July 2019. I mean, it's a thing. It doesn't sound directly remoted, uh, related to, to satanic pedophiles, but, you know, but it's weird. And um, also it turned out although, to be... Well, actually, it did turn out to be an unidentified flying object. It did not turn out to be an alien flying saucer. Yes, it was eventually identified as a, a bundle of balloons from a funeral, I think. Yes, about 50 silver balloons had been released after a funeral. I don't know why. Mm. And that was what was spotted in the night skies. Yes. Now, more seriously, in 2009, there was a mass shooting at Fort Hood, the military base nearby. Uh, 13 people were killed and 42 of them were wounded. Now, so if we were numerologists, mm. those numbers would be significant. 13 and 42, unlucky and the meaning of life. Mm. I mean... How very coincidental. Coincidence? Yes. Uh, and then Fort Hood itself. I, I think it's fair to say Fort Hood is possibly suffering from a, a bit of a, 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 a leadership issue. There I mean, it's is, certainly got a dead soldier issue. It's definitely got a dead soldier issue and, and much more besides. Um, so in an article from 2017, um, they said... Uh, Oh, no, actually, it's more recent, though, because it says in the last five years from January 2016 to present. So, yeah, so, so this, this one's actually this is, up to date. Yeah, yeah this yes. is a blog entry which has been, been updated, updated since. Over time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my confusion. Um, yeah, so in the last five years from January 2016 to present, Fort Hood on average lost 33 soldiers a year. That's about three soldiers a month. Now, these deaths include suicides and homicides. This isn't just natural causes of people being on base. And my immediate thought was, okay, what's the base rate here? Because we know that military life is not necessarily the kind of life that leads to a person flourishing. We also wear that in kind of institutional settings, you're likely to get abnormal behaviour, including homicides and increased risk of suicide. But it turns out that actually the death rate at Fort Hood is so unusual that there are multiple state and federal investigations going on into the leadership of Fort Hood because people are going, no, this, this isn't the normal mm. number of deaths we expect in a military base. This is actually really, really weird. Now, Fort Hood did try 
to solve this problem with one really, really easy fix, which was basically just stopping talking about it. Yes, so at some point they just stopped releasing press releases about what was going on at Fort Hood, because one way to make a problem disappear is to simply not talk about it. That's how people have managed problems in their families for generations. Yes. And look at us now. Mm. Now, some of the earliest comments on our first uh, video about Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory started referencing uh, Vanessa Gillen and indeed the hashtag Find Vanessa Gillen, which uh, was going around in 2019. Uh, no, sorry, 2020. Um, because Yes, this this is a case that you know, like this this one made the news. This one um, got got a bit more attention than um, the the three other three soldiers a month uh, dying one way or another around Fort Hood. Uh, Private First Class Vanessa Gillen, twenty years old from Houston, uh, disappeared from Fort Hood in April of last year. Um, now, when she disappeared, it was an unusual disappearance mm. because all her belongings were left in the barracks, including her cell phone which had a message that was sent to U.S. Army Specialist Aaron Robinson, a person who later committed suicide after being identified as a potential suspect in the disappearance of Vanessa. Mm. And then, unfortunately, two months later, um, Private Gillen's remains were discovered and identified uh, not too far away, were they? No, I think, I think yeah, they were either found in the grounds mm. or very nearby the grounds. And these are partial remains. Mm, so yes. they didn't find all of her, they no. found some of her. So yes, she unfortunately came to a fairly unpleasant end. Um, so in the wake of the investigation into what happened, at least 14 army leaders, including one general, were fired or suspended after an independent civilian review board found systemic leadership failures and a toxic culture at Fort Hood, which seems to be putting it mildly. Yes, so you've got three soldiers a month dying on average, you have someone who was murdered on site, leading to a mass of firings of high-ranking army personnel. You can kind of see why people, when they were making comments on our video, were talking about this particular case. Mm. But the next case, well, that really takes the biscuit, as they say. Well, yes, because also... Um... Fort Hood soldiers uh, were not too long ago arrested in a child prostitution sting uh, in the Texas town next to the army base, which I assume is Killeen. Um, yes, yeah, so they, they basically, some soldiers, three of them, were arrested uh, August last year, uh, basically for, for showing up to a location to meet underage girls for sex. Now, these soldiers were yeah. part of a larger ring, so they were the soldier component mm. of a larger child prostitution ring. And yes, they were making plans to meet the girls for sexual acts in exchange for money, drugs and alcohol. Yes, so it certainly seems that there's a, uh, a problem with, would you say, discipline? Would you say culture in general? I mean, I'd say generally the there's a problem with the military, but in this well, particular case, I'd say there's a very particular problem with the leadership of this military base. Mm. So knowing all this about Fort Hood um, certainly uh, get, gets, gets one's attention when we start talking about a, a supposed uh, organised snuff factory uh, somewhere in the area. Well, yes, so I can kind of see why some people, when they listen to that original episode, going, but where's the context, man? Where's the context? All this other weird stuff is going mm. on around Fort Hood and in Killeen, Texas. You're ignoring the facts, man. Well, we're not ignoring the facts. No. The thing is, 
are the stories that we're looking at here in any way related to the idea that there is a industrialized snuff factory operating beneath Killeen, Texas? Mm. Because that is the actual claim that um, uh, 45 minutes drive from Austin, Texas, which is an... approximately where Killeen is, mm -hmm. uh, there's an underground facility run by the government um, to sell children or foodstuffs made from children. So Soylent Green is people, mm -hmm. in this case, young people. On the black market, um, there was the idea that a lot of these, the majority of these children were people of colour and um, Groves des described a lot of went on as, 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 a, as a kind of genocide, um, a, a racially targeted. Um, with with white supremacist sort of overtures. Apparently, this is not the only such facility. Other other nations have their own snuff factories, um, and and there's just lots and lots of horrible horrible claims about horrible horrible things uh, happening to children in these facilities. Yeah. So she goes on to some length describing how the children are prepared as foodstuffs and the kind of kitchens they have for serving this foodstuff to other children in there, because it turns out part of the snuff factory is not just creating food from children, but then feeding other children that particular food. That's more interesting with respect to Grove's story, is the idea that some of the children are what, what they call trauma-bonded. The idea that the way that they control people within the system is to bond you via PTSD to another person of a similar age so that they can control you by threatening the other person. Mm. And there's the, the idea of a sort of, sort of um, uh, a family structure to it and that people, the people involved would get their own children involved as well to sort of carry it's sort of a generational thing. Um, and uh, I should sort of, we're saying Groves um, at the moment because uh, Dylan is the name they're using currently. They have used other names in the past, and as we'll talk about in a little bit, also uh, claim to uh, suffer from polyfragmented dissociative disorder and will identify as a variety of other alters in their videos. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so, but so, so Groves is, we're not trying to be. Um, uh, overly formal there, it's just an easier way of talking about this person. Um, now, Josh, where does this evidence come from? If Groves is going to make these claims, and these are fairly bold, extraordinary claims, what's the evidence? Uh, well, it's all from their YouTube channel. Uh, which... oh, no, I'm sorry, but, but where have they got the evidence to present on their YouTube channels? Well, from first-hand first uh, first experience is their claim. Is their claim, is their yeah. claim that they were one of a member of one of these families, essentially a, a bloodline family, as they're called, uh, but managed to break free from their programming. Um, but crucially, only realised this recently mm. because all of the evidence is from recovered memories. Now that will probably send a lot of alarm bells ringing in people's minds because what we've described sounds very much mm. like your standard satanic panic from the 80s and early 90s, which also rested on the idea of recovered or facilitated memories, where people were put into situations where they recovered memories of traumatic events which they had suppressed in the past, 
most of which, and I'm saying most here because even though I suspect almost all of which, there may well be some legitimate cases, turned out to be fraudulent. Mm. Yes, I mean, if you're our age, you were you were around for the first round of Satanic Panic. And, and you're probably a podcaster. Mm. And, uh, and of course it has to be said that uh, the, the Satanic Panic type um, Morals, moral panics of the past can trace their roots all the way back to the sort of the, the, the uh, Jewish blood libel protocols of the elders of Zion type stuff anyway. It's, there is actually a long history of people claiming that some particular group within society um, is doing horrible, depraved things to our children. Um, in the past, it was sort of in, in the satanic panic was daycare workers, and there was always some implication that that was a bit of a reaction to increasing numbers of women entering the workforce well, I mean, and therefore increasing numbers of children um, You having can't to go have that, daycare. Josh. I, yes. mean, I mean, they'll, they'll ask for the right to vote yes. next. There, there they are, going off to work, leaving their children in the hands of these mothers. And then, obviously, of course... Because, I mean, as we know, men can't look after children. No. They no. are biologically incapable of looking after anything, including doing their own washing. Last time I was looking after my children, I literally threw them into the oven. That's not actually true at all. Please don't take away my children, family services. Um, no, but obviously, of course, and this kind of became more of a thing after we recorded that first episode. QAnon, obviously, uh, is, is, is neck deep in stories of um, satanic pedophiles sucking the adrenochrome out of children and drinking their blood and what have you. Um, yes, actually, Groves has a fairly interesting relationship mm, with the QAnon community. Well, yes, yes, that's the thing which we'll have to get into because we never really talked about that. Because, I mean, a couple of years, QAnon was very definitely a thing when we first talked about this, but I don't think it was, it was, it hadn't metastasized into its current form as much back then, I don't think. A bit hard to tell because, mm. of course, the problem is our experience of QAnon here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, is very different from the experience about people who have an interest in conspiracy theories have, mm. say, with respect to the US. So QAnon kind of came late to us politically because we are not America, mm -hmm. whilst people who were in the bowels of America, like you would be if you're in Killeen, Texas, probably had more interaction with QAnon if they're looking into theories of this particular type. Mm. Um, now, Groves refers a lot to Project Monarch, something that they were subjected to and only after a long time were able to free themselves of. Um, Project Monarch is allegedly uh, a spin-off of, of good old MKUltra. Now we know MKUltra was a thing, there's plenty of documentation to show that that, was, that, that is a thing that actually happened, not yep, nearly was, as much yep. documentation as there should be, I understand, because no. it did destroy a hell of a lot of it. Yeah, so uh, it's a little bit like the, so MKUltra was a CIA program, you might recall that the CIA also had their so-called enhanced interrogation program, and they ended up producing what was, I think, a... 5,700-page report into their enhanced interrogation program. And somehow, before it was meant to be publicly released, they deleted the only copy they had on their servers, which meant there was only a 500-page summary, an executive summary, of the 5,700-page version of the report, which just disappeared. Mm. Turns out they only had one copy and it got deleted and it just completely disappeared. So it's not unheard of 
for the CIA to lose documentation that they really ought not to. Mm. Nevertheless, um, MKUltra, which was basically in the 60s when everyone was experimenting with drugs, the CIA was at it as well, and they were looking for... Also, I mean, there was all sorts of stuff. There was the idea of can we use it to make program people into Manchurian candidate type can things? Can we use it to spy on Russians by sitting in a ranch in mm. Los Al Alamos and thinking really, really hard about Moscow? Can we use it to uh, get to interrogate to, to help with interrogations and get people to tell us everything they want? Um, can we kill goats with it? Can we, there, there was, I'm, I'm pretty sure extending life or immortality was one of the other things they wanted to look into. I think they were kind of treating drugs the way people treat computers in 1980s films as just sort of magical things that yeah, can, they can do, do, they anything, do anything. Yeah. Uh, but supposedly there was also this Project Monarch, which was basically the satanic ritual abuse branch of MKUltra. And this one, there is not so much evidence for, I, I gather. No, in fact, if you look up Project Mon Monarch, there's very little reference to it online at all. It does seem to be the invention of certain people who are claiming, well, you know, MK Ultra was simply the smokescreen for the really, really bad satanic stuff. And in part, this is because this is fairly standard anti-Catholic propaganda. So the Project Monarch stuff was apparently a residual mystery religion that managed to survive the emergence of Christianity. And it kind of rumbled around in the background with people engaging in their mystery religion stuff from the ancient world until Adam Wishaup and the Illuminati got involved, started infiltrating a whole bunch of Freemasonic orders and bringing with them the esoteric mystery religion, which was apparently based upon freedom, equality, and being nice to one another, which are some of the most insidious things a person can possibly suggest mm. to, to a Christian. Shocking. Now, this then rumbled away in the Anglo-Germanic world for quite some time, up until around about World War II, where the Nazis adopted it and made it into behavioral research. Now, of course, after World War II, with the defeat of the Axis powers, this allowed these Satanist mystery religion worshippers to go to the US via Operation Paperclip. Because, of course, the Americans swooped them. They took all of the best Nazi scientists they could possibly find, like yeah, Werner von Braun's yes. and the like, and they brought them to the US and treated them remarkably well. Mm. And so these Nazi behavioral researchers who happened to be Satanists and also practitioners of mystery religions were brought to the US, where, of course, they entered the CIA and they developed Project... Project? Project. Project Monarch yes. under the auspices of the CIA. And the whole point is... Monarch is an umbrella term used by the survivors of this particular project, which is why it's probably not the official name of the made-up program at all. It's a name which is used by survivors because it describes the transformation of the individual as the survivor recalls it. So the whole point of Project Monarch was to create alters in people in order to make the subjects controllable by suppressing the original personality 
and creating an alter which they were able to control and condition, often via Electroshop, and they would be able to update their programming via a whole bunch of occultic imagery that, because they were the CIA, they were slipping into a whole bunch of popular media. And indeed, Dylan Grove kind of talks about the idea that people are putting this imagery into their YouTube videos unbeknownst to them. Mm. Uh, apparently, Stephen King books are full of this sort of imagery. Possibly fear. But um, apparently, uh, other other media that, that reinforce this programming, uh, basically all of the Disney films... Um, E.T., Star Wars, Ghostbusters, Trances 2. Yeah, now I would say Trances Trances, Now, most of you probably don't even know about no. the Trances series of films. Josh and I, of course, as, as devotees of VHS, very aware of the Trances films. Mm. Grew up watching crappy budget uh, movies from the lo rented from the local video library. Watching them on VHS. In the wee hours of the morning, old, old tapes. Mm. It was sometimes almost impossible to watch. Actually, did you watch the most recent Trances film? Because I didn't make one a few years ago. No, no, I stopped. I, I mean, in the same respect that Don Mancini, who did the Phantasm films, mm. allowed someone to make a kind of official fan fiction final Phantasm film. Somehow... The guy behind Trances allowed someone to make a really, really cheap Trances film. Hmm. And I saw the trailer and went, that does not look at all good. And those of actually many of the Trances films after about Trances 2 look good at all, but this was particularly bad. But for some that's, reason... That's a deep cut, anyway. It is, yeah. I mean, in, Trances amongst, 2 in amongst Ghostbusters is, and E.T. And, and Batman. Also, yeah, you've got Batman, Bewitched, Fantasy Island, Reboot. Classic. Now, there is a good mm. show. Mm. Although, actually, I can understand how Reboot is filled with occultic imagery. They did an entire did. episode devoted to The Prisoner. Yes. Which and is another absolutely one, astounding. Another one with a, a, a whole uh, uh, Evil Dead thing as well. Tiny Toons, DuckTales. Well, actually, the time this was written, it had to be the old, the old one. one. Mm. Uh, DuckTales, not DuckTales, woohoo. Uh, DuckTales as in the Tales of Ducks. Mm. Uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm. Now, that is not, as far as I'm aware, a pop Maybe they culture. mean references to it. Elsewhere. Yeah, because I, 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 I mean, I'm not even aware that they've made a TV series out of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Also, it'd be a really boring TV series. If you ever read the Dead Sea Scrolls, it's not exactly compelling. Not really. like, um, um, but yeah, so I mean, th these are, uh, so, so it's everywhere, essentially. Uh, these, these, um, things reinforcing the programming that it's been, that's been instilled in people by Project Monarch. And, and the long and the short of it is, is that this is the program that Groves claims to have been subjected to. Yes, and as I said at the top of this little discussion about Project Monarch, this appears to be fairly standard anti-Catholic propaganda because they talk throughout about the way the Catholic Church is involved in this particular program. They intimate that the Catholic Church is not particularly good. I should point out this is not Groves we're talking about here. We're talking about a, another reference to Project Monarch we found outside of Groves' work, so this is a long-form document describing how Project Mon Monarch works. And it just appears to be ye bog-standard anti-Catholic propaganda, which was fairly common in the US in the 
19th century and early 20th century and has persisted in amongst certain Pentecostal denominations as evidenced by all those tracks by Jack Chick. Mm. And Monarch had numerous levels of programming. You've got an alpha, a beta, a delta, a theta, an omega, and a gamma. No sigma, though. Have you heard about the sigma male? No. What is the sigma male? A sigma male is basically, because the the, the whole alpha, alpha, beta male uh, nonsense, Um, somebody came up with the idea, basically it was like, I want to be an alpha, but I'm not your sort sort of jockey, outgoing sportsy athletic type um, and so they thought up a different kind of alpha male which is the the introvert cool calm and collected alpha male type apparently John Wick is the is the uh, exemplar of this and referred to that as a sigma male so it's basically another way for incels to claim to be alpha males despite not displaying any of the properties usually associated with alpha males anyway it's completely irrelevant um, Monarch doesn't have a sigma to its detriment, um, but a lot of these these programmings, um, Delta is the is the killer programming supposedly. It sounds like you're um, well, it's uh, named after Delta Force. Delta Force sounds like you Manchurian Candidate style thing. I was going to say there's Omega is a self destruct form of programming, which basically forces people to become uh, uh, self harming or suicidal, which is basically activated, I guess, if they if they know too much or, or look like they might be getting out of the program or something. I, I, I like the description of Gamma. Mm. Another form of system protection is through deception programming, which elicits misinformation and misdirection. This level is intertwined with demonology and tends to regenerate itself at a later time if inappropriately deactivated. Mm. Inappropriately. So the, by the whole going to therapy and recovering your memories thing, I see. I, I see. Presumably, and mm. then and then the demon reasserts itself. Mm. Um, yep. So there's a lot going on there. Um, we could go over a lot of the stuff we talked about in the first episode, but maybe we shouldn't repeat ourselves. You can just go back and listen to that if you want. Um, we we should probably talk more about where where it's at today. So. Um, Dylan Groves's YouTube channel is still up and going. They're putting out videos on a fairly regular basis. A lot of singing. A lot of the videos are of are of Dylan singing a song, which is nice. Yeah, mm. yeah. And then occasionally and videos you... with trigger warnings mm. as they talk about what they've recently discovered whilst being high on marijuana. Mm. Uh, although actually, even the singing songs are always referred to as Monarch Survivor sings whatever song they happen to be singing at that time. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, there's, they're, they're, they're not slowing down. Um, the, the, but yeah, the QAnon stuff, which we never really drew any sort of connection to last time. I think we, really, we do need to talk about that a bit. I mean, right back at the beginning, when I was talking about what, what you find if you go searching for Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory on Google, one of the few results that isn't a link to our old podcast episode is from a website called The Orion Lines by a guy who apparently, quote-unquote, solved the Nazca Lines and renamed them The Orion Lines. And um, it's it's one of those websites. There, there, there's a lot going on on that website. But it has a page specifically devoted to Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory, but then it just talks about everything uh, Pizzagate shows up. Apparently Pizzagate was covered up because James Elephantus is actually... James Rothschild. 
Who's James Elephantis? I have no okay. idea. But they were a Rothschild anyway. It's one of those things I probably should know. So mm. as you as you talk, I'll check to find okay. out who James Elephantis uh, This person is. on this site also says, um, CERN is a stellar doorway to the satanic force, the Orion Group. Well, everyone knows is, that. Is um, something to do with, with their lines. Um, and a, a classic a little bit further. This is still all just on the page that starts talking about Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory. <gasps> all right. So, okay. All right. So James Elephant... This is, this is Wikipedia. James Elephantis is the American chef and restaurateur. He founded and owns uh, two owns restaurants in Washington, D.C., including the pizzeria Comet Ping Pong right, okay. and the American restaurant Bucks Fishing and Camping. Hmm. Uh, okay, right. So, so apparently he's actually a secret Rothschild. And indeed, if you actually just do a search for James Elephantus, the autocomplete is James Elephantus Rothschild or James Elephantus Podesta. Hmm. Um, why do all your favourite stars look like shit? Because Trump ended their adrenochrome supply. These people are sick. So, I mean, yeah, th this is essentially a page of uh, someone who's who's... Promoting every every angle on the QAnon style um, uh, conspiracy theory imaginable, and, and you can kind of see why. Because it. given that one of the central tenets of QAnon has been stopping child trafficking and getting rid of the global pedophile elite, Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory fits into this it perfectly does. because it's a both a child trafficking and paedophilia farm. Mm, run by the global elite. Yes, so you would, if you were someone who was interested in QAnon, want to incorporate a story like this into your corpus if you thought it was reasonable. Mm. And um, maybe, maybe I suppose we, we should round things out by addressing, first of all, do we believe in Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory. I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. I'm going to go and say no, yes. I mean, I don't, it's it's one person talking on YouTube. Now, you're, I, I've, I've looked at a few of the videos. There are a lot of comments about, um, uh, I'm a body language ex expert and I can tell this person isn't lying, uh, to which some people say, well, that just means they believe what they're saying. It could still not be true. Yeah. And to which I say, no, you bloody can't, anyone, Anyone who says they can easily tell when people are lying is wrong because you can't. It's and like I mean, studies I mean, have shown that. But it's anyway. like the classic case of turfs who go, you know, I can just tell by looking at someone whether they're biologically male or female. And then you put four pictures up on a screen and go, right, so can you point out who the who the the transgender person in this photo is? Go, oh, it's obviously that person. No, you're wrong. It's all of them or none of them. And the old mm. Uh, no, no, you're just trying to form your case. No, you, you claim that you can just spot these things by looking at photos, or these people can say they can read someone's body language by looking at a video. It's a case of, no, because it's bunk science. Mm. It's not even real. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's all of this stuff, as we've seen in things like the, 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 the talk of targeted individuals and so on, it sounds like either... Um, the 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 the, uh, the cynical reading of it would be it's all just a bit of a larp, and and this is just a story that they're spinning um, for attention or whatever. The 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 more sympathetic reading would be that this person does actually believe it, but it's a result. Uh, it certainly sounds like as do the targeted individual types sounds consistent with 
um, some form of mental illness. They do claim to be have this polyfragmented dissociative disorder, which or dissociative identity disorder, which um, is a little bit controversial in terms of the the medicine, I believe. Yes, let's just say yeah, the medical stuff and the psychological stuff here is very very contentious as mm. to whether DID actually does exist. There are a lot of arguments even within the literature about the reality of this apparent disorder. So we aren't going to make any comment mm. there as to whether we think this person has DID or doesn't have DID because we are not medical professionals. We are not. What we can say is that the recovered memory aspect of the story is the thing which makes it really, really suspicious. Mm. This is not a case of someone who has diary entries detailing these events as they occurred at the time. This is someone who has recovered memories of these events and continues to recover memories of these events now. And if you know anything about recovered memory syndrome, you'll be aware that it is very, very contentious in the sense that most medical professionals do not think that recovered memories work in the way that they've been described here. And most of these things are more due to these beliefs being reinforced by people who support the idea that memories are being recovered than they are supporting the idea that there are memories literally being recovered from the subconscious. Mm. Um, so no, we're not convinced by the story of Dylan Groves. And I suppose the other thing we need to address is, are we being paid to say this by global elite cabals and their, their, their horrible snuff-funded blood money? And the answer is not yet. Not yet. The the answer. The, I wish we were being paid to say this. For goodness' sake. I mean, we are. We we we. I said at the start, we're nobody, and that's pretty much true. We are two people in in New Zealand. The, these accents are real. Um, on the other side of the planet, from where all of this is happening, we we have an interest in the in the area, but um, we aren't actually. Uh, don't 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 have a. What do we say? We don't have a dog in this. Game, I mean, you race, say we're no race. body, but I'm actually a well, well, well respected scholar on well, you're conspiracy a theories. Well, you scholar on conspiracy theories, yes, but in terms of, uh, I suppose, investigating global pedophile elites, that's true. That's I, true. I, 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 neither I, of us. I are mean, any... although I have been approached several times by TV production companies who have wanted me to be involved in their kind of travelogue shows where people go around investigating things. It just turns out that none of these shows have eventuated. So it's possible I could have been a contender. Yeah. I could have been a I could have been a player, Joshua. Mm. But but no. 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 Here we sit. Um and I guess that's all that's all we have to say. That's the state of things with Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory and, and basically we're going to put this episode up on YouTube as well. And, and maybe get a whole bunch more. That's Let's be honest. That's really why we're doing this, just to see if we can get more comments on account of we appear to be uh, the only place to go for commentary on our I mean, that is part of it. I mean, one part of it was I was quite curious to know whether there was something we missed out mm. in the previous discussion. And I do think the discussion around Killeen, Texas is, is kind of yeah, interesting. There's, because, there's some stuff going yeah. on there. Once you actually put Killeen, Texas, the location, into the discussion, I think it makes sense as to why people treat Groves' story slightly more seriously. Mm. 
Because once you see the Vanessa Gillen stuff, and you see the fact that people have been arrested for child pro uh, prostitution, and you see there's an unusual number of deaths going on at Fort, Fort, Fort Hood every year, we end up going, well, there is weird stuff going on in Killeen, Texas. Why think it's odd to think this additional weird thing isn't going on? Mm. Or why think it's odd that it is going on? So I can kind of understand why people are going, you're missing out the crucial context here. I simply point out that A, most of these events with respect to the child prostitution ring and the death of Vanessa Gillen occurred well after the fact. In fact, in both cases, they occurred after we had discussed the mm. story of Uncle Sam's snuff factory. So you can't really backport that stuff and go, oh, you missed out this crucial context of something which you'd have to be a fortune teller to be able to tell was mm. there. It is true that Fort Hood seems to have a major leadership issue, which is leading to a massive deaths on site, which is just indescribably mm. traumatic. But I don't think it lends credence to the idea that there's a literal snuff factory located underneath Killeen, Texas, where children are boiling each other alive to eat. Yeah, no, no. So I think that's I think that's where we'll leave it. Now, uh, if you want to... Now, I, I say we're not being paid to say this. We're not really, but we do receive some small amount of money from our beloved patrons, basically enough to cover our hosting costs and occasionally buy nice gear. Um, and being our lovely patrons, they get bonus episodes, and they're going to get one this week because they do every week. Yes, this mm. week they're going to hear about how a bot on Twitter predicted QAnon a year before it came into existence. I'm really Still not, not, not sick of it. Yeah, no, no not no. at all. And we're gonna also, happen, but... also going to be talking about Russia engaging in a bit of the good old interference, this time about the COVID-19 vaccines. Ugh, those wacky scamps. Yes, so um, if you'd like to be a patron, if you'd like to hear the, the, this episode, um, simply go to patreon.com and look for the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy. Um, if you are a patron, well, then my work here is done. Uh, and if you don't want to become a, a patron, but you're still listening to this after um, we've spent a good sort of 45 minutes uh, bagging a theory that you probably came here to hear us supporting. Um, well, that's fine anyway, because you're our audience, and, and audiences are just grand. You are. Mm. You're lovely. I mean, not as sparkly and superior as a patron, but you're still still pretty damn good. Mm. And I, so, don't, I don't use such strong language mm, lightly. Mm, powerful stuff. So to all of you, each and every one of you, I think the time has certainly come to say goodbye. And I shall now activate the Omega personality. The podcaster's guide to the conspiracy is Josh Addison and me, Dr. MRX Dentith. You can contact us at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com and please do consider supporting the podcast via our Patreon. And remember, they're coming to get you, Barbara.